Attorney General Jeff Sessions has testified. This is in-depth continuing coverage. Tonight's host is Mark Aram. Welcome to the show and a good Tuesday evening to you. A special broadcast presentation from the Cox Media Group Radio Network. I am Mark Aram. We're broadcasting across the nation, Ohio, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Florida, as we discuss the uh, Sessions Session, which you heard live on your home radio station earlier this afternoon. We'll be with you for this hour, taking your phone calls, your comments, your questions at 404 872 0750 or 1 800 972 8255. If you have questions or comments and you want to tweet them at me on Twitter, at Mark Aram. Joining me for this special hour is the editor of The Resurgent, Fox News contributor, and a talk show host in his own right, my friend and yours, Mr. Eric Erickson. Eric, how are you, sir? Well, I'm alive after watching that. (laughs) I was, uh, I don't know if what I'm feeling is, I'm calling it the Comey letdown. You know, we had those, the Comey testimony was riveting, and this was kind of I don't want to say annoying, but it was like there was just it was annoying. It was annoying. All right. I'm going to I'm glad I'm not alone on that. Uh, for folks that didn't hear, Eric, uh, what are the major headlines coming out of the session session today? That uh, there was not very much that, that we learned other than he's uh, highly indignant over people questioning his character and whether or not he collaborated with Russians. He doesn't remember meeting the Russian ambassador for a supposed third meeting at the Mayflower Hotel. Um, odds are he didn't actually meet him. There was a lot of it on video and sessions and the ambassador never came into contact. And on the issue of James Comey saying that. Uh, th- there were other concerns and reasons for Jeff Sessions recusing himself over Russia. He says he has no idea what that is, um, what Comey would be talking about. And a lot of uh, bump back by the Democratic senators uh, in the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee where uh, maybe you have a, a better grasp at this. Uh, so there was an executive privilege asked by by President Trump. Yet um, Sessions would not answer questions that uh, had to do with his one on one interactions with President Trump, stating it was uh, some sort of a privacy issue. What exactly was going on there? Yeah, so this is a separation of powers issue. Only the president can claim executive privilege, but it is a longstanding tradition that members of the Department of Justice do not, without the president's permission, uh, offer up to the legislative branch the private conversations and, and planning of the executive of, of the executive branch. It's totally separation of powers. This isn't unusual, as some people are trying to portray. Uh, Bill Clinton's attorney Attorney General did it, George Bush, Barack Obama, and now Donald Trump. I think there was a lot of uh, the, the one main question that I, I, I see that I saw the most frustration from of the Democratic senators <clears throat> when he wouldn't comment on whether President Trump asked him to leave the Oval Office when he talked privately, uh, famously with uh, Comey on February 14th. He wouldn't answer that. And I think that was that was the, the tipping point for a lot of the Democratic senators on. this. Yeah, I, I think it was. And also the fact that there have been numerous press reports not denied by the Justice Department that Jeff Sessions threatened to resign uh, and if the president wasn't happy with him. And he wouldn't talk about that either. Mark Aaron with Eric Erickson, a special broadcast on the Cox Media Group radio network. We're discussing the. Uh, the testimony today in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, Jeff Sessions, former attorney, he had his uh, his his lawyer moves in full effect tonight, Eric. He was very, I thought, very good at really giving a lot of non-answers to the, the committee today. Yeah, very much so. I mean, to some degree, that's his job. This was a, this was not an information hearing so much as a prosecutorial hearing against him, uh, the Democrats having demanded that he show up, so he didn't want to give them anything. As for people... 
attacking him for saying he doesn't remember. One, dude is old, and some of this stuff happened a while back. But two, Hillary Clinton said 39 times to her uh, Department of Justice or FBI inquiry that she didn't remember stuff. I think one of the main headlines that's coming out, uh, no, no matter what side of the aisle you are on, is the fact that uh, Sessions downplayed extremely, and I thought extremely well, the the happenstance, the circumstantial meetings with Russian uh, ambassadors, Russian uh, heads of state. He, I thought he painted it in a, in a very uh, benign light, you know. And, and every time the uh, senators tried to go there, I thought he defended his his actions pretty well. And if he didn't, he just threw out the you know I can't recall line. Yeah, very much so. I, I mean, he he didn't want to give them anything they wanted to get everything from him and the couple of things that he had to establish for himself is that he did not engage with the russians he has never engaged with the russians and he knows nothing about the russians trying to steal the election that last one is very important here because sessions recused himself so if he now suddenly has knowledge then it would suggest he hadn't actually fully recused himself if if there was one thing that I thought might have showed a chink in the armor today during the the session's testimony in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee is is when they asked him uh, about President Trump's reasonings for getting rid of of Comey, uh, the then FBI director. Uh, you know, because we, we the president we know you know will tweet one thing and say another thing and send his surrogates out to say another thing. So it's a whole nebulous situation there, and we didn't get much clarity. I thought from from Jeff Sessions today on that one particular story no we didn't at all uh and that was uh, a frustration for some republicans as well that we didn't get clarification on that the republicans in the senate have long thought that this was the biggest unforced error had the president not handled the comey situation as he handled it and by the way a lot of republicans uh, do agree comey should have been fired but they all agree as well that had they handled it differently the president would not now find himself with a special prosecutor looking at it yeah if it wasn't literally if it was not for that lester holt interview or not for the uh the the push of the surrogates and the tweets that he sent out if if those two were in line together it wouldn't be an issue but the fact that they didn't align um you know that the greenstein greenstein uh letter and then oh no it was russia i mean if if it was just the same story if they had stuck with the greenstein letter uh, then it, this wouldn't be an, be an issue. But I thought, if anything, that bubbled out of the session session today it was that it was like, what's the deal? Why why did President Trump fire the FBI director? What is the actual deal? That that to me was maybe I'm not going to say a highlight of the session, but the the only you know kind of newsy kind of bit we got out of that today. Right. Yeah. And and still, as you said, we didn't get a satisfactory answer on this. But it's this is the frustration of this administration when the president understands that he can shape the message and throw people off of a an existing message, and the fact that he wants to be seen as in charge, he will go to Twitter and make claims and and say things that aren't necessarily true, uh, and get people scrambling. I mean, I I do believe the original White House statement from Rod Rosenstein as to why Comey was fired, but. It doesn't help that the president then told Lester Holt that Russia had something to do with it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Mark Aram and Eric Erickson, uh, 1-800-972-8255 if you have questions about the testimony. Uh, Buford, I want to play some audio here because I know folks are just getting in their car after work. might not have been able to hear the the entire testimony. Uh, here is Sessions again in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. I have known Mr. Mueller over the years. He served 12 years as a FBI director. He, uh, I knew him before before that 
and uh, I have confidence uh, in Mr. Mueller. So you have confidence in But I'm not going to uh, discuss any hypotheticals or what might be a factual situation in the future that I'm not aware of today because I know nothing do about you, the investigation. Do you believe I've fully me, recused I've myself. got a series of questions. Uh, I mean, that basically is how it was. A lot of people talking each, over each other throughout the uh, the testimony today. The only reason that Robert Mueller came up in the special counsel, there was whispers that President Trump was thinking about firing Robert Mueller uh, in his special counsel role. And has there, has there been any developments on that front, Eric? <laughs> you know, this is the craziest story. So Chris Reddy of Newsmax said he heard this from someone. Chris Reddy has bragged several times that he and the president have frequent private conversations. So when Reddy says he heard this from someone, the immediate speculation was that it was from the president. This was news to everyone in the White House. Uh, there's no one in the White House saying that, that Mueller's going to be fired. They know what will happen if the president were to fire Mueller. Even the president understands he can't do it. As, as the editor of The Resurgent and uh, a Fox News contributor, I know personally the amount of, of inside info, the contacts you have, not only in the White House, but in the inner sanctum. I, I have to imagine your sources are looking today as a victory for President Trump in this whole thing, correct? Yeah, the, I mean, Jeff Sessions, they were able to draw no blood from him, so they totally consider this as a victory for him uh, and for the president, and they think that the Democrats are just going to continue to spin their wheels on this issue and get nowhere. And I, I, I one thing that I, I found after the testimony, of course, all the cable newsers will rush uh, into the halls of the Capitol and talk to senators and congressmen to get their reaction, and it was the senator from Connecticut I thought it was very telling. Democratic senator from Connecticut said, well, listen, uh, was there was there a collusion between uh, the Trump campaign and the Russians? He goes, maybe he goes, but it probably wasn't at the Mayfair Hotel with an Al a senator from Alabama and the ambassador. You know, if there was. Right. So it was it was kind of like an admission, like, all right, you know. Whatever Jeff Sessions did or didn't do, he wasn't the the go to point man on any kind of collusion with Russia on hacking the election or influencing the election. I thought that was telling to see a Democratic senator come out and say, all right, yeah, we know that Jeff Sessions wasn't the, the mastermind behind all this. Yeah, very much so. I, there is, listen, there's a level of partisanship that has taken over this conversation, but even some of the Democrats recognize the absurdity of the hyperpartisanship. And in fact, you've got Democratic leaders now, including Nancy Pelosi, urging Democratic congressmen and senators to tone down the rhetoric because they know that they don't have the deliverables that the base now seems to think they have, and they don't want to get swept up uh, in a base purge because they expect something. Here's uh, Sessions talking about the Russian ambassador today during the testimony. I also provided the reporter with a list of 25 foreign ambassador meetings that I'd had during 2016. In addition, I provided supplemental testimony to the Senate Judiciary Committee to explain this event. So I ready, readily acknowledge these two meetings, and certainly not one thing happened that was improper in any one of those meetings. What about the, the third meeting, that uh, the third uh, allegedly undisclosed meeting? Did we find anything about that today? Yeah, this was the Mayflower Hotel incident. Uh, there was a, a think tank held an event at the Mayflower Hotel uh, that was, it's a pro-Russian think tank about the, the growing power of Russia. Jeff Sessions was chairing the foreign policy committee for Donald Trump during the presidential campaign. He and several members of that committee went. The Russian ambassador showed up after they were already in the room. There's video of that event you never see jeff sessions interact with the russian ambassador uh that was the suggestion that there was a third meeting jeff sessions did not disclose that meeting because well he sat in the front of the room and the russian ambassador walked into the back door after the event had begun 
And he wasn't the only ambassador there. There were, I believe, right. there were ambassadors from three other countries. Not being in that uh, DC sanctum, I would imagine those type of things happen all the time with think tanks where they where they have uh, you know ambassadors and politicians and 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 big thinkers coming together. Right. Yeah. There's there's just no there there on this issue as, as best the Democrats try to grab. Mark Aram and Eric Erickson with you this hour recapping the sessions session. The Attorney General testimony today in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Not as explosive. Not as interesting. Interesting, not as intriguing as the Comey testimony, uh, but certainly adds another layer of depth to what has been a very interesting 2017 in the political world. We'll come back with your calls. 1-800-972-8255-404-872-0750. You can tweet your questions to me at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M, or at Eric at E.W. Erickson. Special presentation of the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tuesday evening special broadcast on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Mark Aram live at Atlanta, joined by editor of the resurgent Fox News contributor and a good pal, Eric Erickson. We discussed the testimony today of Attorney General Jeff Sessions in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. One of the great pieces of audio I'm going to play right here. Uh, This is the one you're going to hear, by the way, tonight on Fox News, on CNN and MSNBC, I believe, where the Attorney General uh, calls the whole collusion story a big lie. And the suggestion that I participated in any collusion, that I was aware of any collusion with the Russian government to hurt this country, which I have served with honor for 35 years, or to undermine the integrity of our democratic process, is an appalling and detestable lie. Relatedly, there is the assertion that I, that I did not answer Senator Franken's question honestly at my confirmation hearing. Colleagues, that is false. It seems to me, Eric, that the attorney general planted his flag on a mountain and that flag had the president's face on it, which kind of uh, smacks in, in the face of the rumors we heard where uh, the attorney general offered his resignation earlier to President Trump. Was that just fake news or did that anything like that really happen? Well, it, you know... <sighs> It's hard to actually say, but I mean, there are really credible sources from inside the White House who say that this actually did happen when the president was venting his frustration at Jeff Sessions for recusing himself. And that, that I think, has gotten misreported as to why this happened. The accusation, the story from inside White House sources is that the president was livid at Jeff Sessions for recusing himself uh, from the Russia investigation, saying that that made the president look guilty, uh, made the campaign look guilty, and Jeff Sessions tried to explain it and offered to resign. Well, from the from the testimony today, and uh, I was able to watch most of it on television, thankfully in the comfort of my bed as I was uh, taking my midday nap. Uh, but th- that seemed like a, a guy that was in lockstep and was willing to uh, fall on a sword for the president. So if there was any uh, bad blood there uh, in the past, I think uh, the attorney general put that story to, to rest today with his testimony. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Jeff Sessions is a very loyal guy to the president, and you're not going to find uh, otherwise. All right. Eric Erickson will come back after an update of the news. He is the editor of the resurgent Fox News contributor and a talk show host. I am Mark Aram in Atlanta broadcasting live on WSB. 
Simulcast across the country in Ohio, Oklahoma, and Florida as we continue to update today's testimony of Attorney General Jeff Sessions in front of the Intelligence Committee. I got some more amazing audio from today's testimony and, of course, your calls, questions, and comments. Big victory for the Trump White House today. Your thoughts, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-972-8255. On Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. We will be right back. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has testified. This is in-depth continuing coverage. Tonight's host is Mark Aram. If you're hoping for uh, Comey fireworks or Comey-like fireworks, you're disappointed in today's special testimony by the Attorney General in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. But we did learn some things. Welcome back to the program. Mark Aram and Eric Erickson with you on this special broadcast on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Uh, the Sessions Session, as I'm calling it, as Attorney General Jeff Sessions spoke in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Richard Burr, Mark Warner, Jim Risch, Marco Rubio, Susan Collins, Roy Blunt, James Langford, Tom Cotton, and John Cornyn, all asking the Attorney General questions. Uh, Eric Erickson, uh, as far as the senators were concerned, um, who who do you think? Well, that's actually not even the, the proper list because I did. Yeah, <laughs> good job, with intern Tyler. Give me the wrong, uh, the wrong. How did you get interns? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, apparently, uh, HR is not happy that I have interns. Uh, well, but anyway, those are not the people that were asking questions today. Not all of them, anyway. Uh, John McCain's performance today. Did he rebound from what happened the other day, Eric? <laughs> Yes, yes, John McCain did rebound. For those who, who forgot, or John McCain asked totally inarticulable questions to James Comey and then finally admitted after a whirlwind, literally around-the-world tour, stayed up all night watching a Diamondbacks game. Which which we've all done. Not necessarily the Diamondbacks, but we've all stayed yeah. up to watch a sporting event. All right, let's hit some phones. Your questions on the session is session 404-872-0750, 1-800-972-8255. G joins us on the program. G, welcome to the show. How are you? Marky Mark, Easy E, how y'all doing today? What's going on, sir? Uh, I just wanted to know that uh, they've had investigations from the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, the Judiciary Committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee. Tell me why does Robert Mueller have a job? Tell me why he needs to continue investigating. I mean, it's pretty well established. There is no collusion. There is no... All the stuff that Democrats and liberals have been saying for all these weeks and months. What, what is the purpose of the Robert Mueller special investigation, Eric? Well, well it is uh, to teach the president not to get on Twitter and say things that he knows aren't true. I mean, honestly, we would not have a special investigation right now from Robert Mueller, but for the fact that the president got on Twitter and it went after James Comey saying that he fired James Comey because of Russia, not because of what he did to Hillary Clinton, and that there might be tapes. I mean, we know that from Rod Rosenstein, the mm -hmm. AG who appointed him, and we know that from Comey's testimony as well. Had the president stayed off Twitter, none of this would have happened. Let me follow up on G's question, which I thought was valid. When can we expect a yay or nay from the FBI? We'll, we'll start off. You know, their investigation has been ongoing for quite some time now. 
Is there any timetable, or is it just whenever they feel like letting the American people know there's there's smoke but no fire, there's smoke and fire, there's no smoke, no fire? When when can we expect something from the FBI? Yeah, who knows? I mean, they'll, they'll do it at their own time frame. The fact that, that nothing has leaked substantively, given all of the other leaks, suggests there really isn't a there there. Interesting. 404-872-0750-1-800-972-8255. Joni joins us on the program. Hello, Joni. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say I am proud of Attorney General Sessions because he didn't allow himself to be intimidated and bullied. And I think that a lot of this is what they want to do because Hillary didn't win. Um, And I also uh, believe that uh, mature politicians and citizens really desire the best for our country. And uh, the Democrats will earn a lot of more credibility to me and other people that really love this country when they assign special investigations into former President Clinton, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's allegations of corruption and even murder. Well, the, the Republicans can do that now, Joni. That's, it's, it's, they have the power to do that now if they want. I mean, there, there's that, that the only, nothing stopping them from doing uh, special investigations onto uh, the former administration or members of the former administration. So they, they don't need Democratic approval to do that. I mean, it's they have the power to do that right now. The fact that they're not is, uh, I don't know, what you can read into that. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't buy the excuse that Democrats are mad that Hillary Clinton lost, Eric, and, and they're looking for a reason why she lost. I, I think it's pretty well known that, listen, it, it, it wasn't the greatest candidate for the Democrats. She wasn't the right person at the right time. I, I, I separate well, the two categories. You say that, yeah. uh, but if you talk to, to Democratic activists, uh, they are convinced by the fact that the only way she could have lost is the Russians stole the election because they look at Donald Trump and say, who on earth could ever vote for that guy? Activists maybe, but you know, members of, of the House and Senate. Yes, I don't, I don't... And, and that's the problem the Democrats have is because many of the Democrats in the Senate and the House have been pushing this uh, Russia stole the election, Hillary could never have lost otherwise, and they don't really believe it and they're headed into a campaign season where if they don't continue to act that way they're going to get primary but if they do act that way they're going to turn off independent voters 404-872-0750-1-800-972-8255 was this a win for the trump uh, white house today the uh, sessions attorney general sessions uh, testimony in front of the committee was it a victory for the trump white house will we ever see uh, attorney general sessions testify again michael joins us on the show hello michael Hey, Mark, how's it going? What's going on, sir? Hey, I have two points. Uh, Number one, I think the Democrat senator's fixation on this executive privilege shows how little evidence they could ask about, number one. And number two, what I really wanted to hear was if Jeff Sessions thought a special counsel was necessary. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Eric, your thoughts on that? Well, you know, that's one of the questions I think that at this point Sessions wouldn't be able to answer whether or not he wanted a special prosecutor. I agree. It's a great question. Someone should ask it. But because he recused himself from the Russia investigation, uh, his answer would have been he hadn't seen all the evidence that uh, Rod Rosenstein had seen. And and about the earlier caller's point about uh, the attorney general's uh, performance today. I mean, he's been he's been on the other side of that. I mean, he he's well versed in what goes on in these, um, and he, he obviously is a sharp dude, um, former attorney. I'm not surprised. I thought both he and Comey performed fairly well in front of these committees. Uh, I mean, it's not like you're just pulling a random guy off the street. 
uh, a plumber to to take these questions from centers. I mean, these guys have years and years of experience, litigation, uh, a lot of training. So, uh, well, I wasn't surprised. I didn't think Sessions would wilt under the pressure or anything like that. Yeah, there were Democrats, obviously, who thought that he would, uh, largely because they have formed in their mind uh, their views of Jeff Sessions that aren't actually, well, who he actually is. And they're left fuming today, claiming Democrats didn't go aggressively after him. And obviously, the attorney general had uh, had an M.O. in mind going into this. Anything that related to the president, um, he wasn't going to say executive privilege, but he wasn't going to answer the questions either. So that really, you know, limited his prep. Uh, necessity to go into this. He's anything that has to do with the conversation I had with the president is off limits. I'm not going to answer it. Uh, so he was able to dodge a lot of, of the the harder questions from from the Democrats today on the committee simply by saying, you know, I, I'm not going to answer that. It's it was a private conversation. Uh, I don't think he ever said attorney pl- client client privilege, did he? During the testimony today, no. And he's technically not the president's attorney, exactly. so he couldn't. Exactly. All right. Here's uh, the attorney general talking about. You remember the uh, the Franken question, which led to this, where where Jeff Sessions, uh, you know, didn't reveal that he had met with uh, a couple of Russian officials. Here's the attorney general talking about the Al Franken question. By the way, I, I can't believe I'm saying the Al Franken question. Well, we're talking about this in uh, anyway. Let's hear. Let's hear the audio. <laughs> Senator Franken asked me a rambling question after some six hours of testimony that included dramatic new allegations that the United States intelligence community, the U.S. intelligence community, had advised President-elect Trump, quote, that there was a continuing exchange of information during the campaign between Trump's surrogates and intermediaries for the Russian government. Close quote. I was taken aback by that explosive allegation, which he said was being reported as breaking news that very day, and which I had not heard. I wanted to refute that immediately. Any suggestion that I was part of such an activity, I replied, quote, I replied to Senator Franken this way, quote, Senator Franken, I'm not aware of any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate a time or two in that campaign, and I did not, didn't have, did not have communications with the Russians, and, and I'm unable to comment on it. Close quote. That was the context in which I was asked the question, and in that context, my answer was a fair and correct response to the charge as I understood it. There you go, the Attorney General referencing the infamous Al Franken question. Uh, are we done? Are we done with the Attorney General now? Is he going to be asked to appear before any more committees, Eric? Oh, he will probably make an appearance at the House at some point. The Democrats over there are in a campaign season coming up, and, and they want to draw some blood or at least try to. But for now, I think he's going to stay away. As they, he said, Mark Warner asked him the question if he would make himself available whenever they wanted, and he essentially said no, yeah. um, but more diplomatically than that. And they, I, I believe they also asked for for some written stuff, some follow-up stuff, if you can get approval from the president for some documents or, or something like that. So does that ever come to fruition, or is that just, you know, hey, if you get a chance, fax us over this stuff? Uh, you know, it probably, he'll be able to get some of the information, although if the president draws a firm line in the sand, not very much. Um, there is some information, though, that the attorney general can give without getting the president's permission. Mark Ehrman, Eric Erickson with you. Special broadcast on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Uh, these these uh, special sessions are becoming very intriguing, a political soap opera. Do we have any more on the docket coming up, Eric? Are we going to see Kushner in front of one of these? <laughs> you know, probably we will not see Jared Kushner in front of one of these. Uh, 
um, but you, that is going to be the next big thing to try to draw people in is what happened with Jared Kushner. Um, you've got now uh, Jamie Gorelick, who was one of Bill Clinton's attorneys, defending Kushner and Ivanka Trump, coming under a lot of fire from Democrats for doing so. If Robert M- uh, Mueller wants to talk to the attorney general in, in a closed investigation, you know, not in an open setting like today, uh, where is there pressure on the attorney general to offer up more information to uh, Mueller than he did today to the senators? Possibly. But, you know, again, he's going to say he's conflicted himself out of all this stuff and he's not going to answer any questions. Smart tactical move for President Trump not to use executive privilege in this whole thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there would have been a media feeding frenzy had he done so. And, you know, part of me thinks he probably would have liked to have done so just to stick it to the Democrats and the press. But it would have completely changed the conversation in a way that didn't need to happen. And forgive me, I haven't I wasn't Twitter active during the session. Did we hear from the president at all? Uh, on Twitter during uh, the Attorney General's uh, hearing today. Not that I know of. I haven't seen it. All right. Eric Erickson, my man. Uh, follow him, of course, on Twitter, at EW Erickson, and uh, tell us all about the website and all the good stuff we can get from yeah, you. News of the day at theresurgent.com, and they can sign up for the daily email I send out by texting WSB to 444-999. Hold on. I need, that's breaking news. I didn't know about oh, that. Oh, yeah, Co- yeah. You, you text WSB, just okay. the letters, to yeah. the number 444-999, and you'll get signed up for the daily news email I send out. Look at look at that. We're, how, we've been friends for how long, and I'm just finding <laughs> out. I can, I, can, I can text you, and you can do stuff. And yes. All. That's awesome. All right. I want 3% of whatever you're making on that. <laughs> Eric, I'm going to let you go, brother. Thank right, you man. for staying Take long. Care. I appreciate it. Uh, editor of the Resurgent Fox News contributor and uh, now a texting whiz. Did you know about that, Chuck? How did I know about that? Text WSB to 44499 and you get stuff from Erickson. Political stuff, not off color stuff. 444999. Oh, wait. Hold on. 444999. So three fours and three nines. All right, excellent. All right, we have one more segment of this special broadcast. If you have any questions, let's hit them up. 1-800-972-8255. Welcome back to the show. Five minutes before the hour. Mark Aram with you on a special presentation on the long the Cox Media Group Radio Networks broadcasting in Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida, and Ohio. On the Sessions session today, Attorney General Jeff Sessions speaking in front of the Intelligence Committee, uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee. Sources tell me, by the way, Chuck, that uh, President Trump uh, watched the Sessions testimony while on board Air Force One during uh, about a 90-minute flight to Milwaukee. Really? Sources tell me. Sources tell you. Yeah, it's all over the news. It's not really a source. Oh, okay. It's not really. It's not a secret source. I was just trying to brag. Sources on the internet tell me. (laughs) Okay. Air Force One, that's got to be satellite, right? You can't have cable up there. No. Yeah, that's satellite. You think he gets a bill? I don't think so. I think he does. Not he personally, but the government. I bet like direct TV or whatever. No, because it's the government. So they're going to get, you know, the government gets overcharged for everything. True. So, like, whatever you know, whatever Directv is. Well, how much is Directv a month, Buford? For like the eighty bucks, whatever. I don't know. I bet for Air Force One, Directv is like, well, you know, it's the airplane's fifty thousand dollars a month. I mean, but you'll get HBO. It's possible. I bet that's how. I bet right now, Directv is getting an eighty grand a month check for providing television to Air Force One. Yeah, because it's the government. The government's like, all right, sure, we'll pay for that. 
maybe. I don't and you think get HBO. So. That's, that's <laughs> their pitch. That's like, the, that's the pitch. Like, we're not, we usually don't do this on the $80,000 package, but we're going to throw in HBO for you. And you know what? We'll give you uh, Cinemax, too, because you're the president. I guarantee that bill's $80,000. Uh, John joins us on the show. Hello, John. John, welcome to the program. Johnny. Are you alive? You are not alive. All right, let's hear some more audio from uh, the session's testimony today. Uh, the attorney general in front of Senate. Respectfully, you're not answering the well, question. Well, what is the question? The question is, <laughs> Mr. Comey said that there were matters with respect to the recusal that were problematic and he couldn't talk about them. What are they? Uh, that, why don't you tell me? They are none, Senator Wyden. There are none. I can tell you that for absolute certainty. We can, we can. You tell, this is a secret innuendo being leaked out there about me, and I don't appreciate it. And I've tried to give my best and truthful answers to any committee I've appeared before. And it's really, uh, 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 people are suggesting through innuendo. Uh, secret that, innuendo. The, pay, the phrase that pays today from the Attorney General. Thank you for joining us this special presentation of the Cox Media Group Radio Network. I am your host, Mark Aram. You can continue the conversation with me on uh, Facebook, Mark Aram WSB, Instagram and Twitter, at Mark Aram. For listeners in Atlanta, the Mark Aram Show will uh, continue next after news, weather, and traffic. Have a great night, everybody. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near. Welcome back to the show and a good Tuesday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. Finally, this is the Mark Aram Show heard Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Gang's not all here tonight. Longoria's still enjoying his Teja vacation. Buford is on the other side of the takeout window. I'm Buford. Joe has the week off. That confuses it. Say Joe Longoria. I'm Buford. Yes. Joe Longoria has the week off. There you off. go. Uh, Lochi Chuck screens the calls. As always, intern Tyler in studio after throwing me under the bus in the first hour with the <laughs> wrong members <laughs> of the Intelligence Committee. Um, halfway through the list, I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm like, nah. What happened, Tyler? It was an honest mistake. What? Sorry. You just trusted Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. That's the mistake. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. But hey, listen, we live and learn. We yeah. live and learn. Um, my, I have learned not to give you important uh, <laughs> assignments, no, and uh, and I'll let you live. So that's the live and learn of it. Um, we are going to move along. Uh, Johnny Kilbasa will join us in 30 minutes, by the way, Excellent. with a fast food review. I don't know if you saw this story. I wanted to talk about it last night, but we didn't have a chance. Uh, it's a story out of Wall Township, New Jersey. I've been to Jersey a lot, but I have no idea what's going on in Wall Township or where it is. Townships are weird. Townships are weird. I feel like they that, that was a 17th yeah. century You get haunted thing. houses in townships. Yeah, it's just, you that's get odd. Creepy, creepy stuff. Anyway, so this guy, this kid, in his yearbook picture, uh, has a Donald Trump Make America Great t-shirt on, okay? Right. Which, maybe not the appropriate thing for your yearbook picture, you know, your class picture. Yeah. I, I tweeted out a picture of mine. I had a, a jacket and tie on. Uh, but whatever, that, that's the, the kid's making a statement. I get it. It's, it's okay. I would never wear a T-shirt to a graduation picture. But anyway, he did. And the yearbook staff blacked out. They photoshopped the Trump uh, 
slogan and logo off his T-shirt and made it just a plain black T-shirt for the yearbook picture. Lame. Which is very lame, right? I mean, right, come on. So I was, so I pulled out my yearbook, and Chuck says, "Oh my God, 1991, you're <laughs> old." That was his exact quote. So here it is. I've got. It's called the Torn, Torringtonian, 1991, and I'm I'm flipping through the yearbooks because I remember something similar happening in in my high school, but I can't remember the exact details. But basically, uh, 1991, Connecticut. A lot of burnout metalheads. Like that was what the dudes were. Everyone had a mullet. I had a I had a little Jewish I, mullet I, I love your with hair. the puffy. Do we have a Jews nugget on that? The because little, the little, puff little, balls. little Jewish mullet, Jews nugget. But everyone had a uh, a mullet, basically, men and women at my high school. But I remember, and I can't remember the kid's name, but he wore a Megadeth T-shirt to his. You ever heard of the band Megadeth? Oh yeah. Uh, whoa, yeah. whoa. Excuse me. <laughs> anyway, so he wore a Megadeth t-shirt and it was apparently inappropriate. So they they edited that out, which wasn't uh it didn't cause a controversy because it was it was just like a, a bloody skull with a sword. I don't know what what it right. was. I can't find the picture of it. I really wanted to show how you uh, how they edited it. Anyway, uh, so th- I mean there is some sort of editorial protocol, I guess. I've never sure. worked on a yearbook staff ever but i think that's total bs that they blocked out the uh the trump logo on the shirt that that i was on our our uh my senior year i was on our yearbook staff yeah and the only criteria was basically offensiveness so yeah. curse words and nudity and you know if somebody flipped the bird in there you had to photoshop that out because that's always a fun one to sneak in there uh-huh. somebody you know but I, there was all kind, not a lot, but there was a few political statements, I guess, with what people wore in their yearbook photos. Nobody, whatever, it's your yearbook photo. No, this is the funniest part ever. So, <laughs> so I'm just gonna hold up this one. So this is basically this is what the yearbook looks like, guys. All right. Yeah. And I'm gonna actually tweet out a picture of this, and put it on Instagram because it's hilarious. The yearbook staff. I get it. There's a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, it's back in 1991, you didn't have computers to do all this stuff. Yes, it, was, it was much more difficult. So anyway, they forgot this guy named Matt Friend. They forgot to put him oh, in. Oh, no. So at, when you get your yearbook, they gave us a sticker with his picture on it. And you had to, you had to <laughs> stick it on the page oh, where he was supposed oh, to go. No. That's terrible. Like, how is this guy, that's got to cause mental yeah. anguish for the rest of your life that the yearbook staff is like, oh, oh yeah, Matt Friend, what happened to him? Totally left him out. And so then they had to go and print out stickers with his picture on. But underneath everyone's, uh, this you talk about political statements. Yeah. We had the opportunity to make political statements because underneath each picture, you got to put like whatever you wanted to write. And I would, I just threw out like a bunch of like memories from, mm-hmm. from my high school years, like just stuff that half of the stuff, I don't even remember what it was. Oh, the JV game versus Noggy. We got drunk. Versus who? Nogatuck. Oh, okay. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah. So, it was uh, it was the junior varsity baseball game. And I think the statute of limitations is over. I'm sure it's fine. So, you know, we had these big Gatorade jugs full of, of yeah. water. or And sometimes we'd get, uh, like, Gatorade iced tea or Gatorade lemonade, that kind of stuff. And they, we got two bottles of Bacardi rum. Yeah, and we poured it into the the Gatorade jug. You know yeah, those big, big things. Cooler. Yeah, yeah. Big cooler. That's it. Not a jug. Cooler. So we pulled these two things in, and we were drinking on the on the forty minute bus ride to Naugatuck, drinking at the game with those squeeze bottles and everything. And you our guys coach, tried to play? yes, and our coach <laughs> was this guy named Coach Lou Mascretola, legendary. 
Just <laughs> yeah, he's like seventy five years old, eighty years old maybe at the time, and he was drinking it during the game. Had no idea it was laced. So I remember this was this was uh, it was a bunch of the varsity guys, and we went down to play G JV. We the JV team was winless that year. So it was the last JV game of the year. So they brought a bunch of us varsity kids down to play. And I I was a pitcher, but I, they had me playing first base. I remember the first inning, a pop-up goes up into foul territory. And I go over, I'm, I'm in foul ground. I'm like, I got it, I got it, I got it. Thunk. The ball lands 20 feet behind me. Like, I was nowhere near. I was blitzed. And we're actually leading the game, bottom of the seventh. And they have me come in to close it. Oh, no. And I closed it out, and we won. You the did? only game we won that year was the drunk game. Um, <laughs> and Coach Lou, was the, I've never seen that guy happier. He had no idea he was drinking booze. He was just, <laughs> this iced tea is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so there you go. There's a little story. But anyway, um, yeah, but so uh, a kid in my school had a Megadeth T-shirt. But if you wanted to uh, leave political messages. Sure, you could. You, but you no one in my, your... I mean, to be honest, no one was no, political in my high, high school. school. Yeah, no one really cared about anything. I'm looking for anything political. No, it's it's just all uh, Nora Sullivan. I'll never forget the spot, 1989. That's what she writes under her thing. Do we want to? Try to figure out what happened on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> what spot she's referring to? Yeah. Um, no. But anyway, so I want to talk about uh, just uh, like dress codes in high school. Does that make sense? Like, what did you what did you wear to high school? Not dress codes, but what was your general attire when you when you went to high school, Chuck? What did you wear to school? I, I was mostly jeans in a in a polo. You couldn't wear shorts except on Fridays, no matter what. Really? Oh yeah, no, no, you couldn't wear shorts. And girls, if you stood there and you put your arms straight down, if your if your shorts didn't go below your fingertips, they would make you go home and change. See, wow. I wish they had that in my school. Yeah, because I, there was no girls in my class that I wanted to see wearing short shorts. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, this was you had to have a certain brutal. length of shorts, and and your top they had a. If you were showing shoulder, yeah, you better be darn near buttoned up the top and the front like you couldn't be showing some chest but if you had sleeves you could you could unbutton the top it was, it was weird rules that they had and they would they were they had hall monitors no kidding i no, yeah hall monitors that would uh send you home in a one-room schoolhouse yeah it's tough oh, what they didn't, what they need they a hall care. monitor <laughs> for a one-room schoolhouse they'd pull you out of class they didn't care if you were a country kid yeah they'd pull you out of class and you'd have to sit the rest of the day up in the office and do your homework and your work from up there because you weren't allowed to be wandering around. Interesting. I, I don't remember what I know I wore jeans and sneakers, but I don't Yeah, I was I don't remember jeans and a polo. Yeah, but I don't think I had polos, but I don't think I wore t I don't know what the hell I was wearing. I, I couldn't in high wear school, t you couldn't wear t you. you weren't supposed to wear a lot of t shirts. Really? Yeah, they didn't like that. God, Montana's strict as hell. Yeah, they were real. I think they had nothing better to do. We only had one one only fifty kids in our class. Rule we you couldn't wear a, a hat. Ah, uh, see, you could wear hats until you walked in that building, and there was oh, there was this one mean old lady who used to stand at the senior end of the sec uh, of the high school. Yeah, and she stand there right at the door, and if you made it more than two steps without taking your hat off, she had a ruler. She'd bop you over the top of the head with a ruler until you'd take your hat off. That was that was the only uh, dress code is we could not wear hats. Buford, you're younger. Uh, any any dress codes or anything in high school? What were you wearing? Uh... High school was a interesting time for me. Yeah, I was a heavy metal guy through the first half. Megadeth. So mohawk, painted fingernails, what? the whole thing. Really? You know, all black all the time. Wow. Uh, and then about halfway through, I was messing up pretty bad, and I got threatened with uh, military school. 
So I went out and bought a bunch of sweater vests and polo shirts and Change your uh, image. switched that to that image for the last half. I think we should have sent you to military school. Is it too late to send Buford to military it school? Is. It is yes. too late? Thankfully, you can't get in? Yes. Tyler, you are in college, 20 years old. Uh, you went to school locally. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Greater Atlanta Christian. GAC. You yeah, went to the GAC. The, the I'm assuming GAC. there's a uniform there for uh, yeah, GAC, but, right? Yeah, we just had like polos and khakis, but we got to wear whatever shoes. It wasn't but really was it a school polo? Yeah. All right, blue? Uh, red, red white, polo had, and khakis. Yeah, I bet you hate wearing khakis now. You never wear them again, right? After wearing them, are you wearing them right now? You wearing yeah. them right now? No kidding. Yeah. Are those the same ones you wore in high school? No. All right. I, I grew up a little bit. All right, fair enough. Well, they look good on you. I don't think I own a single pair of khakis anymore. I just—they're not flattering for this guy. I don't get it. All right, so we're talking about high school. I'm gonna tweet out a picture of Matt Friend, this poor kid, stickered. I was, by the way, class clown. Class comedian. Shocker. Yeah. Did you get anything? Any superlatives? Oh, yeah, a bunch, but I don't remember what they are. All right. Buford, did you get any superlatives? A what? Never mind. Tyler, did you get any superlatives no. in the yearbook? No, nothing? No. I'm the only one? Class comedian. I'll I'd t- have to get my yearbook and check it. All right. I'll tweet out these pictures and put them on Instagram. Uh, at Mark Aram on both. Your uh, dress code high school stories. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. And your thoughts on them... Uh, Photoshopping the Trump logo off this kid's T-shirt. 404-872-0750. This is The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. All right, I just tweeted out a couple of pictures from my yearbook. Be nice. Be kind. Um, and I put one on uh, Instagram as well, at Mark Aram for both Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, uh, Tyler uh, just heard from his mom. You you did get a superlative in high school. What was it? Yeah, apparently I got best shoe game. Best shoe game, which uh, was not a superlative in my uh, in my what high school. That even for some reason. We've I have evolved. no idea. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Tim in Connecticut. Maybe this is uh, someone I went to high school with. Tim, welcome to the program. Yes, hey Mark. Uh, I've been down here since '98. I graduated in '71 from Oliver Walker Tech. No kidding! Right across from THS. Yeah. You're, what year did you graduate? Uh, 91. I graduated THS in 91. 91. What year did you come down here? 96. Oh, you beat me by two years. Yeah, right out of college. I came straight down here. Uh, Oliver Wilcott Tech was the technical school right yes, across right. the street from the uh, the high school. So yes, it was right. it was like two like two campuses in one. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And you worked for the Register Citizen. I used to deliver that paper. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah. So and... what, what brought you down to Atlanta? Uh, the job. Okay. Job brought me down, and going on 19 years this year. Will you, you ever get back up uh, to Connecticut? Yeah. We saw a lot of family over the years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you can't beat the winner down here. No, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not even. All right, here's a, here's a, a tough question. You can have one meal in Torrington. What restaurant are you going to? One meal in Torrington. What restaurant am I going to? Yeah. Past or present. It doesn't even have to be in existence anymore. Well, I like Dick's Restaurant in East Main. Yeah, Dick's was great. It closed now, though. It's closed. Yeah, it's yeah. closed, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, what's there now? What's there that's any good now? I, oh, I, don't, I, I got like Anthony's, the Italian joint on uh, oh, yeah. on Main Street. That's always good. The Venetian on East Ven- Main. Venetian, yeah, yeah. Venetian's good. Excellent. Tim, I'm glad to have another uh, nutmegger down here with me, buddy. Yeah, I heard you the other night. You you got me home out of that bad 316 accident. Oh, was, yeah. Uh, coming up from that, and I heard you, and you said register citizen. 
from Torrington, Connecticut. I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so I said, i got to call this guy. It's a small world. It's a small world, my friend. Well, Tim, thanks for listening, buddy, and I hope we uh, hear from you again soon. All right, brother. Take care. All right. Take, look at that. Look at that, Chuck. So it was weird. So we all went to the same middle school in my town, Vogel sure. Middle School. Yeah. And then went, that, that was 7th uh, and 8th grade. And then when you go to high school in ninth grade, you either went to Torrington High School or Oliver Wolcott Technical School, depending on, you know, if you wanted to get into uh, cars or, you know, electricians or whatever. So it was, it was kind of like bittersweet. Your, your, your best friends would go to another school, but the silver lining was the other school was 200 yards away. It was on the other side of the street. So we'd get, you know, we'd, it was just, it's just a weird dynamic. Torrington's weird. I'm weird. All right, we'll come back. More of uh, high school dressing, dress code. I don't know, whatever you want to do. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Very productive during the break. I took a picture of the uh, pictures of the eight girls in my high school graduating class that I kissed. And I'm trying to figure out how to put it on Instagram. I'm not going to label it. So this is only for the insider listeners. Um, I've got that thing, what's it called? Where you put all, pick stitch. So I'm trying to put it all on like a, a nice pick stitch thing. So I'm going to tweet that out and uh, put it on my Instagram account. But this is just for radio listeners. These are the eight girls in my high school class that I made out with. When sperm meets egg. No, there was none of that going on, Buford. I, I you know, I was a fine, upstanding Young Division One athlete. Division One athlete. That's yes. right. Anyway, all right. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. Joe's in Madison. Joe, you are on the Mark Aram show. All right. First of all, I, as a as a burnout uh, metalhead, I take offense at you, sir. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> hey, you're you're my own. You're my kind. I mean, I grew up with you, folk. So two stories. One, my senior picture. I had a white sort of uh, tank top with a cannibal corpse. On it, nice, shocking. And, All right, and that was not edited. And second, in my third grade class picture, you know how they like line up the whole class and take that one class picture. Yeah, I was in the front row, flipping the bird between my legs. At what? In what grade? Third. Oh my goodness! And what ended up happening is they had to take all the yearbooks back and manually put a little black dot with a pen over my finger. Oh my goodness! You were a rebel. A rebel so, without a cause. You know, there was the man was keeping me down even back then. <laughs> the man was keeping in me down in third grade. In third grade. Um, so, did you? Uh, did they edit any pictures out of your high school yearbook? Or not? Not that I. Not that I know of. I mean, we were all, you know, flair and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I don't think you know we were just you know you had the metalheads and you had basically like the jocks and that was kind of the only people at our school. What year did you graduate high school? Uh, 92. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we're the same age. All right. We're the same age then. So that's, that's hilarious. No, listen, the, the acid wash tight jeans, the, uh, the Slayer shirt, the Megadeth shirt, the uh, mullet. I mean, that was standard uh, attire. The, uh, high top Nikes with the laces undone. I mean, that was, 
Well, and it wasn't called a mullet when we were young. It was just called long hair. Yeah, it was. You had long. It, Business in the front, party in the back. But, of there course, my hair, I could not pull off a mullet because I had this Jufro, and it would just puff up on the sides. Very, uh, I'd, and, and I didn't know it looked bad. The only person that told me it looked bad was my mom. And when you're in high school, you don't listen to your mom. That's true. All my friends are like, no, your hair looks good, man. Killing that <laughs> Jewish mullet. Matt's in Decula. Matt, welcome to the program. Okay, so I was born... In Portsmouth, Virginia. I'm a Navy brat. Okay. Um, we didn't move to Georgia till I was 12, which was a culture shock because we moved to Barra County, which is a very small county about 30 minutes south of Athens. Okay. Where the standard dress was bib overalls. <laughs> okay. But at my time, which class of 91, got to give a shout out. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Uh at my time, Don Johnson and the pastels and whites. Oh, no. You know? So yeah. I showed up to bib overall party with Don Johnson, Miami Vice. <laughs> I, I thankfully never got into that. There are a couple of fashion <laughs> trends that I never got into, thankfully, looking back. I never got into the John, Don Johnson thing, and I never wore Zubas. Do you remember Zubas? I do. Now, here's another funny one. Okay. I also had a set of parachute pants. Oh, didn't get those either. That they could not understand. There were zippers everywhere. Why are there zippers? There, uh, see, I, I guess I'm lucky. I didn't have any buying power when it came to my wardrobe as a kid. So <laughs> what I wore what my parents bought me, and they weren't buying me parachute pants, Don Johnson, no fancy clothes, basically jeans, and I guess button-down shirts. I really don't remember. What the hell I wore every day to school. Um, but, yeah, Zuba. You know what Zubas are? I do not. Google it. Z-U-B-A-Z. Zubas. Zubas. You've never heard of them, Tyler, do you? No. I bet your never. dad wore them. Zubas. Z-U-B-A-Z. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, on the Mark Aram Show, it's time for the Fast Food Review. Joining us live on the Greasy Salty Hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight, we do not want to know. Johnny Kilbasa and the ever-so-popular Fast Food Review. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Mark Aram. I'm wrapped in bacon. I'm here for the taking. I'm covered with cheese, and I aim to please that I'm still wearing zebra striped zubas every day were those big in uh in ohio zubas <laughs> they were pretty big yeah the louder the better whether it was leopard skin zebra skin all kinds of stripes and they you know it was zubas during the day acid wash jeans after five <laughs> there you go i never thankfully I'm, I'm proud to say that i've never worn zubas yeah those are zubas tyler yeah, that was the height of uh, fashion in the early 90s for dudes. Um, but I don't know. You, don't, you call them workout pants? What the hell were they, Johnny? Yeah, I think they were, they were a casual athletic pants, um, popular with professional wrestlers, weightlifters, and small-town dudes with mullets. <laughs> exactly right. All right, uh, what's on the menu tonight, my friend? Yeah, the, the summer fast food doldrums continue, Mark, but we will never run out of gas. And our mass will always be full of wind as we sail the seas of cheese. So let's go back to Hardee's, if we please. <laughs> okay. A couple, uh, couple weeks ago, we talked about the baby back rib thick burger, which was good. You know, nothing like having porky ribs on top of a burger. But now, Hardee's 
has they got a jalapeno double cheeseburger. So it's it seems like it's something standard, but it's got a couple new flares to it that I kind of like. It's a nice thick double burger, and they're throwing Swiss on it. So the Swiss jalapeno wow. combination is something that I that's 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 almost groundbreaking. That I don't think we've ever seen the Swiss jalapeno uh, combination. Jalapeno, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think we've ever seen that. And a tip of the cap to the Hardee's marketing department, one of the best in the business. They call the little slices of jalapenos jalapeno coins, which I think is Ooh, that's not fantastic. jalapenos, it's jalapeno coins. And, you know, hey, if, if you're running in Johnny Cobasa land, jalapeno coins are definitely currency. Yeah, that's better than Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can't hack those. Yeah, jalapeno uh, what what did Johnny K wear during his yearbook picture uh, at Wellington? What were you wearing? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I don't want to admit it, but uh, I may have worn. Well, obviously acid wash jeans. Yeah, what he was wearing, of course. Back then, and um, a pink sweater. A pink sweater. Yeah, we called it salmon. The but number salmon. one running back in Lorraine County was wearing a pink sweater in his yearbook picture. <laughs> That is breaking news, Buford. Thank you. Where is Hector? Holy smokes! I listen. I want to. I want to copy that picture. I won't blast it on uh, Twitter and Instagram, but I need to see that, Johnny. You, you will never. You will never have a picture. The only way you're going to get a picture of that is if you walk into my dad's den. I can. And I can I do that. Know. I can make that happen. I have connections. <laughs> Um, any, no, that's not going to happen. I'm going to have Joanne Dickinson sneak into your dad's den, snap a picture. And then text it to me. How about them apples? <laughs> well, I know you have your ways, Mark, but I will never give it up without a fight. Yeah. Erickson has his sources inside the White House. I have my sources in Lorain County. So, And it's funny that, uh, you know, I took I, – we only had – we had a limited time to grow our mullets because our coach made us cut our hair for football and baseball. So I had the summer to grow the mullet out and the winter to grow the mullet out. And I tried. Yeah, I think I had I had blonde tips in my mullet at one point. Oh my goodness had a nice gracious! Blonde streak going on the back. You know, we did what we could, but but you could never grow it that far. So uh, by the time spring training for baseball ran, or like you wouldn't, your Jufro was popping out. <laughs> you know, all of our our mini truck mullets were curling up from behind <laughs> our our baseball hats, just driving our coach crazy. Uh, God bless us all. God help us all. All right, I'm gonna go get some jalapeno coins. Uh, <laughs> Johnny, we appreciate you as always. And if the cholesterol is high, Mark, so am I. Follow me on Twitter, listen to my podcast on iTunes or johnnykilbasa.com. Johnnykilbasa.com for the podcast on Twitter at johnnykilbasa. Appreciate you, bruh. Anytime, bruh. All right, so what I've done, I took a picture of the eight girls that I uh, made out with in high school and I made a collage. <laughs> nice job. Yeah. And, well, I mean, productive. For, I'm impressed. And that's just my grade. I mean, that doesn't include oh, yeah. older I'm, girls or younger I'm girls. I'm sure you have that's a wider just, net. Yes. I'm not. But those are you know. <laughs> Tyler got a lot. Anyway, so I, tw- I tweeted out the picture, no caption on it, and I put it on Instagram, no caption. Because, you know, yeah, this yeah. is just, if you only, if you listen to the Mark Aram show, you're in on it. You know what's going on. There's no reason to call these, you know, fine yeah. young women out on Twitter. Now fine middle-aged women out on Twitter and, and Instagram. So if you want to check it out, the eight lovely ladies that I made out with in high school uh, the picture's up on Instagram and Twitter, at Mark Aram. 
Um, and I'd figure out how to Snapchat it, but I don't know how to do any of that yet. Yeah, Snapchat is Mark Aram Show. Do we have tickets to give away? Yes, sir. Oh, all right. Yeah. We have tickets to give away. We'll come back. Let's break now so we get everyone's calls in. Cool. Wrapping up with uh, high school wardrobes, I guess, would be the topic of this show. If you had to put a topic on this show. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is the Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Final segment of the show, 853.80. Stevie Degrees on Peachtree. Let's finish up strong. Some quick calls. Erickson Sawani. Eric, what do you have? Yeah, when I, I uh, graduated from high school in Ohio in 1978. Okay. In our, uh, in our yearbook, there was one girl that was Kind of like Cat from Saturday Night Live, remember? <laughs> yes, I think we all had one of those girls in our school. And the yearbook editors were very cruel, and they just omitted her picture from the yearbook. No! So, they did then, a Matt Friend on her, but they didn't put a sticker in. Nope, they just did not put her in with the seniors. Oh, that's I feel bad for her. I hope she's doing okay. There was another sticker guy in my yearbook. i got to find it. Uh, Ken Nicholson. We called him Sweet Pickles for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. What? Yeah, that was his nickname. That's awesome. Sweet, Sweet Pickles. Sweet pickles. <laughs> I, no, I love that. I have no idea why, but that was everyone had a nickname. I wish in my that was school. my nickname. Sweet Pickles. Andrew's in Roswell. Andrew, what do you have? Sweet Pickles. Well, I'm actually kind of glad that was not my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind. Not at all. But, I, uh, so, uh, definitely born and raised in Roswell, man. Always listen, uh, listen to the show, Mark. Uh, first, so, uh, Parachute Pants' first experience would have been the very ending scene in the Ninja Turtles movie Okay. with Vanilla Ice coming out. Oh, yeah. Well, Vanilla Ice was a big proponent of the Parachute Pants. Oh, he loved them. Yeah. And then, which which, which, which um, we can see that uh, for, for good reason, as he's been such a, a success. Yes. Well, and hopefully then, he invested in the Parachute Pants company back in the day. Brad, real quick, what do you have, Brad? Hey, I grew up in California in '84, so sky was the limit. That was actually the uh, walking Jeff Spicoli. I was about life. to say that's the Spicoli era. Yeah, I had the checkered vans, and the, we wore just freaking Bermuda shorts and tank top, and went surfing half the time. I don't remember high school really. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, you, you literally live fast times at Ridgemont High. Chuck, who's on line one, my friend? John. John is up next on the program. Hello, John. Hey, from Oxford. Oxford, England. Georgia. Georgia, Connecticut. All right, go ahead. Uh, where Emory University is. I live right next door to Emory University. Excellent. Um, when I was, I graduated in 77, and if you didn't have long hair, you had to, uh, you weren't cool. But everybody had uh, OD, olive drab, army jackets. Yes, absolutely. Do you know where I know that? From uh, Dazed and Confused. That's, that's your era right there, the movie Dazed and, and Confused. Um, and... and um, we wore bell-bottom uh, jeans. Yeah, those were long gone by the time I got to high school. Unfortunately, it was these super tight acid-washed jeans. I got much happier in college when the big baggy jeans came out and you could be fat and wear jeans comfortably. What did the chubby guys in my school do with the skinny jeans phrase? I don't remember. Did they just... Wore parachute pants? Yeah. Not like Yamamoto skinny jeans, but like tight Those are jeans. ill-fitting. Yeah, those are just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's a difference between skinny jeans and ill-fitting. Who can we call Sweet Pickles? I don't know, but we have to find right. somebody we'll that's find great. Someone. Uh, let's two-star the show. 
Are you guys ready for the Mark Aram star of the show? Intern Tyler gave me false info the first hour of the show, so he is not getting it. Um, Eric Erickson literally saved my tush in the first hour. I would have been on the struggle bus without Erickson. So Erickson is tonight's star of the show. I have tickets to give away right now. Seventh caller to 404-741-0750 wins a pair of tickets to see comedian Jim Gaffigan Saturday, November 11th at Phillips Arena. Seventh caller to 404-741-0750. Pair of tickets to see stand-up comedian Jim Gaffigan Saturday, November 11th at Phillips Arena. All right, so I just blew up my, my yearbook on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Mark Aram on uh, Instagram and Twitter, Mark Aram WSB on Facebook. Uh, we'll continue the conversation there as well. Big show tomorrow, fun show tomorrow. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Don't you weep, little baby. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.